This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, coming at you with the Major League Baseball 2020 MLB season preview. Due to COVID-19, the season didn't start on time as they were trying to get the agreement of who wanted this money for however many games they're playing. There's no minor league baseball season, so they have player pool, not not just their you know usual 25-man roster. This year is supposed to be a 26-player roster, but it looks like it's going to be close to 30 because of the short season. You don't want people, pitchers, to blow out their arms and players to blow, you know, ACLs and all that other stuff. So there's that. There's going to be a universal DH in the National League, which when it gets to the National League, I will tell you the best DH for each National League team, how it's going to benefit them. And certain players have opted out due to COVID-19. Because some have pre-existing health conditions, relatives have pre-existing health conditions, just having children, not sure about other things. Ian Desmond specifically due to racial injustice and equality and whatnot. Some players who are coming off Tommy John surgery or major surgery from the previous season and don't want to be in an unknown position of small amount of games in a short period of time. Because 60 is not, you know, half is not even close to 75 or 80. So... Players are opting out due to medical reasons, because of the virus, previous injuries, family relatives, you know, all these things like that. Certain players decided to, when the season wasn't starting and they had no idea when to start, they got Tommy John surgery, they got other surgeries, so they wouldn't have to miss, now with 60 games, they don't have to miss the whole season because they're not going to be recovered in time, or they'll be ready for next year. So certain players who would be in, like, the regular preview, I may not mention them because they just not may not be there now. Last year, the Yankees, the Twins, and the Astros were the three best teams in the American League. And in the National League, it was the Braves, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers who won the division. But it was the Nationals who won the World Series. So I'm just going to clearly state right now, the Astros are clearly the best overall team in the American League. There's really hasn't much that made me change my mind. The Yankees are a close second. The Rays are a close third. And I feel like the Twins would be the fourth best team and the A's are one of those teams that just make the wild card team and the Red Sox with the Indians and maybe the Chicago White Sox in the short game season and the Rangers who made some improvements and the Angels who made some minor improvements could all be fighting for that other wild card spot because they were proposing another more playoff teams but with 60 games they just said I'll just keep it the way it is so the first thing I want to talk about is the Minnesota Twins who still have Jose Barrios at the top of the rotation. What they did, what happened to them was that Jake Odorizzi decided to not opt out. He picked up his options, so because he knew, you know, he he picked he, uh, he accepted the arbitrary, accepted the offer, the non-qualifying offer, because he knew that if he became a free agent this year, there was too many good pitchers on the market, so he wait till next year because he's consistently average. He's a middle rotation guy who could be a two on a bad team. So he thought, you know, I can get some money here and there, so he stays. The Twins get Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers because they're trying to clear cap space. So they improve there. But signing guys like Homer Bailey and Rich Hill, who are both getting up there in age and haven't been the most healthy in their career. Those are just like small pieces put in the rotation. Bring back Michael Pineda, who has to serve a suspension, and also who has been the most healthy. So like they have an ace, and they got two okay pitchers in the middle, and it was Rizzi Maeda. But Homer Bailey, Rich Hill, don't do anything like Pineda to improve the team as well. And... Their pitching staff is still not going to be the best in the world because their bullpen, they brought in Tyler Clippard. They're using starting pitcher Tyler Duffy in the bullpen. 
Trevor May hopefully gets an opportunity to be a reliever and close maybe because he used, they never used him as a starter. And they brought back Sergio Romo. So Sergio Romo, Trevor May, Tyler Duffy, and Tyler Clipper. Not the greatest bullpen in the world. And somebody will say, Taylor Rogers pretty good. Yeah, but again, the Twins are known for having an unknown bullpen. So the bullpen will be a problem for them. And Sergio Romo and Tyler Clippard do not really make me go, wow, that's a great uh, bullpen. You know, catching-wise, Mitch Carver came out of nowhere last year as a backup and hit a bunch of home runs for them. And they finally said goodbye to Jason Castro. So Garver's going to be a starting catcher, but I don't think he's going to repeat the same thing because now there's tape on him and you got to adjust. Baseball's all about adjusting because then you know all oh, this guy likes to, he's good at hitting this type of pitches in this count, that sort of thing. Pitchers are using that pitch. And they brought in Alex Avila to be the backup because Alex Avila isn't that old or that young that he, at this point in his career, is good enough to be a backup. And in the American League, you can keep him fresh and get his bat in the lineup by DHM. And they got the super utility guy, Willems Astadulo, who will play for them. Now their infield got better because Josh Donaldson signed with them. And even though he hasn't been the most healthy, you can plug him in when healthy for 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. A pretty good defense. That solidifies third base because for a while now I've been saying, why are you not putting Miguel Sano at first base or DH when you tried him in the outfield and he's not a good third baseman, he can't stay healthy. So he's going to be the full-time first baseman. Polanco's still a shortstop and get 20 home runs because the Twins are all good about guys who can hit 20 home runs. And second base, they're giving the reins to youngster Luis Araz, who came up last year. They said goodbye to Scope and Crone. Decided to better use their money on Josh Donaldson because... They have in-house candidates Luis Araz and Marwan Gonzalez to play the infield as well. And Nelson Cruz is still their DH. So, again, they still got a great lineup. The questions will be, by having Josh Donaldson and Luis Araz, will that improve their defense overall without Sano there by him playing first base? That's that's good for them. Now, again, they still will go with Byron Bucks in the center field. Dude can't stay healthy. He can't be a consistent hitter. And he's definitely not a leadoff hitter. Max Kepler and Eddie Rosario both deserve to win Silver Sluggers and be All-Stars because they keep every year hitting 20 to 30 home runs and having good offensive seasons, and Kepler can play all over the outfield. So they guys still got a good two-thirds of an outfield. Jake Cave is a great fourth outfielder. So the Twins, again, will probably win this division because they have pretty much everybody in their lineup can hit 20 home runs except for the youngster Luis Araz and Parley Byron Buxton. You know, so that's what the, the strength of this team is going to be their offense and having a steady enough rotation of Barrios and Odorizzi and Kenta Maeda and veterans Rich Hill, Michael Pineda, or, you know, uh, Homer Bailey, those will be, they'll be consistent. They may not have to trade for starting pitching at the deadline, but they'll have to trade for relievers at the deadline. And they didn't do anything in terms of minor league roster invitees that did anything to jump out at you as well. But yeah, the Twins are going to be the clear favorites in the American League Central. The, the second, I, I feel wholeheartedly, even in a 60-game season, the Cleveland Indians are going to finish second because of overall the key players in their starting lineup, the key players that are in their bullpen, and the three top guys in their rotation. Now for them, if Carlos Carrasco... Mike Levender, Shane Bieber are healthy. That's a really good one through three. The rest of the rotation, not so great. They let Salazar go. They traded away Corey Kluber finally, but didn't get as much as they were. They should have because they should have traded him years ago. 
Josh Tomlin has been gone for two seasons. He was a consistent number five guy. They're going to probably go with some in-house guys as interchangeable in that rotation, like Jeffrey Rodriguez said in Plutko. That doesn't really excite, get me excited. But again, the bullpen's still going to be gay because Brad Hand is still their closer. They still got Oliver Perez. Okay. They brought in Dominic Leone as well. So they're bullpen, and they have Adam Simber. So, you know, Adam Simber, good setup man. You know, you got Oliver Perez still doing it. That's pretty good for them. Now, when it comes to the catching, Roberto Perez was pretty good last year, being one of the better catchers in the American League both ways because he's a two-way catcher because he got the opportunity to play. But all he did was take San Leo from the Red Sox and give up their backup catcher, essentially. Now, the infield... That's the question. Lindor is still one of the best shortstops in baseball. Jose Ramirez had a slow first start last year, first half start of the year, but he's still one of the best offensive and two-way players in the league. Carlos Santana had a good year. He was an all-star. They gave him a silver slugger, even though it should have gone to Jose Abreu. But the question would is who's playing second base? They uh, say goodbye to longtime second base and Jason Kipnis, and their choices are Yu Chang, and Bobby and uh, Christian Arroyo. Christian Arroyo, they got you know from the from a bunch of trades that he's a former you know Giant and Ray shortstop. All those guys. So they decided to sign Cesar Hernandez, steady second baseman of the Phillies. So what they really want is Cesar Hernandez is just to stay healthy because Kip is going to stay healthy and just be consistent. Maybe he'll bat second. Maybe he'll just bat him at the bottom of the lineup. But there's that. The real question will be. Is Santana going to DH or are you going to play first base? Because the problem for them is Jake Bowers' experimental left field didn't really work because he's not an outfielder by trade. And because you traded for Fama Reyes last year and you signed Domingo Santana this offseason, both of them are really corner outfielder DHs. Fama Reyes got traded from the Padres because there was no DH. Domingo Santana's DH'd a lot in his career because he's kind of not built to be an everyday outfielder. So if you're going to want to DH Fama Reyes or Domingo Santana, that's fine by me. And Jake Bowers won't play whatever you play Santana. But if you want if you're really interested in playing Jake Bowers, play him at first base or DH and play Reyes or Mingo Santana in left field or right field. Now when it comes to the other parts of the outfielders, you got Greg Allen, Oscar Mercado, and Tyler Naquin and Bradley Zimmer. Tyler Naquin, Bradley Zimmer, and Greg Allen ultimately give opportunities to be the center fielders and to try to be the leadoff hitters. And Bradley Zimmer hasn't been able to stay healthy, and Tyler Nagel got hurt last year. So the Indians have a problem with their outfield alignment and their first base DH lineup because Tyler Nagel showed he was good enough to be their right fielder. Fernando Reyes and Domingo Santana hit 20 home runs in their sleep plus. It's really an Oscar Mercado, when he got called up last year, he, he was one of the better rookies last year. He solidified the team, and they went on an improvement with him. So if Mercado's guaranteed the center field job, are you going to DH Fernando Reyes or Domingo Santana, and who's going to play the outfield? And to make matters worse, they also have Jordan Luplo, they got from the Pirates, who could be an everyday outfielder for certain teams, and he can play all three outfield spots. And they also got Delano DeShields Jr., the former shortstop that the Rangers got in the Rule 5 draft from the Astros, the son of Delano DeShields Sr. He's been the Rangers center fielder and, and leadoff hitter for a while. So they got too many outfielders on their team to decide from Delano DeShields, Greg Allen, Jordan Luplo, Austin Mercado, Tyler Nacon, and Bradley Timber. Who's going to play center field? Maybe one of those guys could also play right field or left field if Framel Reyes DHs or Domingo Santana DHs and that throws Jake Bowers somewhere. That's really the question. The really the thing is the Indians have a top one, two, three punch in the rotation. They got Brad Head, Adam Simber, and Oliver Perez. 
you know, and Dominic Leone in their bullpen. So their bullpen is still sturdy like it used to be. Now, they did sign David Hernandez also to a minor league deal. Now, if he makes the team as well, that's just another guy to go with what you already have. So, yeah, if Leon, Hernandez, Simber, Oliver, Perez are in your bullpen and Brad Hand your closer, then is again, their bullpen and their top three starters in the shortest season is going to want to keep them because in the playoffs, it matters who your top three starters are. And when you have Lindor and Ramirez and Carlos Santana in the middle of your lineup, and you potentially have Framer Reyes and Domingo Santana up there hitting 30 home runs, you know, like not in the short season, but like in a full season, 20, 30 home run guys. It's not a bad offense also. It's a question of what production they're going to get from catcher, second base, and how they're going to handle center field. So I feel like the Indians will be the team that best finishes second place, even in this small season. Now the other team that could potentially finish in second place and and maybe be a wild card contender this year in a shortened season, are the White Sox. The White Sox made a lot of improvements to the team over the years in a rebuild mode. One of the biggest decisions, one of the biggest advances was Lucas Giolito pitching great last year. He's your ace. You went and signed in Dallas Keuchel, a veteran who doesn't throw hard, he just pitches to contact, gets ground balls, eats up innings. So yeah, if this was a regular season, he'd be a 200-inning guy easily to pencil in right after Giolito. You brought Gio Gonzalez to the mix, who the Sox had twice, but traded twice, once for Nick Swisher, once for Jim Tomey. That, that's your rotation, the one, two, three punch. That's not bad, okay? Mixing righty-lefty matchups. And then you got yourself the potential of Dylan Cease, who showed really good assignments last year, and Ronaldo Lopez, who was good two years ago, and he just got to be more consistent. It's not about his talent. It's more about how he pitches. And... They were supposed to get Kopech and Carlos Rodon back. Kopech out, opted out due to many reasons, including just coming off of Tommy John. So the Sox, right there, already have seven starters there, okay? If it's a rotation of Gilito, Keiko, Gio Gonzalez, still in C's, Renato Lopez, Carlos Rodon, without the Kopech, that's, that's not bad. you got six potential starters in a short season, so you can play around with that. If Lopez struggles or C struggles, you throw in Carlos Rodon. If Carlos Rodon is anywhere near he used to be, your ass could be your fourth or fifth starter. Not a bad thing. Gio Gonzalez is not an eighth, but asking to be your number three or number four starter is not bad. So the Sox are going back to what got them into the playoff in 2006. I mean, almost in 2006 and 2008. And what had them win the World Series in 2005. So they got a steady rotation. Their bullpen is the question because Aaron Bummers turned into a great left-handed reliever out of the bullpen after being inconsistent. And the question is, can he continue going that forward? They also went and got... Steve Chizik to help set up Alex Calme. He used to be a closer on many teams. So right now the White Sox have two former closers, two closers in their bullpen, Chizik and Calame. So they have an eighth and ninth inning locked down. Chizik is a side armor who throws under like from the ground. Like that's good. And if and if Kelvin Herrera is healthy, the do may all-star teams when he was a setup man. If he's healthy, Steve Chizik and Calame, that's a good one, two, three punch. Aaron Bummer is your fourth guy. And if Jace Fry can ever pitch like he used to be, that'd be a five. The question will be, who fills out the rest of that bullpen? Is it youngster Ian Hamilton? Is it Evan Marshall, who pitched for the first time for most of the season in his whole career? Will it be Jimmy Cordero, who's bounced around from team to team? Or will you know Carson Fulmer take that last spot in the bullpen? But again, I'm just talking about how the Sox have like four to five good relief pitchers in Kyle May, Chizik, and Bummer and potentially Calvin Herrera, that it's like, okay, the final couple spots in the bullpen 
won't really matter if their top guys are good. Now, the Sox have one of the best catching teams in baseball because after James McCann was able to get a full season of at-bats because he didn't really do that in Detroit, he had improved offensive numbers, was one of the two best catchers in the American League last year behind Gary Sanchez. And, of course, he's always been good at catching and calling a game. And he worked really well with Giolito and some of the other starters. The Sox still have prospects, you know, Zach Collins and Euron Mercedes because of their bats. Potential bats of Zach Collins and Euron Mercedes were also good. But they went and signed Grandal, the best catcher on the market, to a long-term deal. It's been a long time Sox done that. Most money they spent in a while. But the thing about him is he's a switch here. And the Sox haven't had many left-handed batters in the lineup, so it's been right-handed dominant. Plus, you could pencil him in for 20 to 30 home runs and 100 RBIs if he stays healthy for a full season. And he's in the American League for the first time. So he's the opportunity to DH. You don't have to take somebody out of the lineup to play in the first base. And by having two of the best catchers in baseball in a short season, you go back and forth with them. And the question will be, how does Ricky Renteria manage that catching situation, especially if we got more than 26 players and you can have Zach Collins or Yaron Mercedes at bat in the lineup. The infield is still the same, pretty much. Moncada, great year last year. If this was a full season, he probably would be an all-star candidate. If this was a full season, Tim Anderson won the batting title last year, could be an all-star candidate. And Jose Abreu made the all-star team, led the league in RBIs, and should have won a Silver Slugger, would also be an all-star candidate. They went and got Edwin Encarnacion, which is great because the dude may be closing, pushing 40 soon. But in a full season, he can hit 40 and 100-plus RBIs. Like, that dude just does it. Even if he goes down to, like, 30 home runs and, a, and less than 120 RBIs, maybe 80, 90, he's still pretty good. And I was hoping for a full season of the Parrot because that would be fun to finally have a middle-of-the-order hitter to help Abreu because... You know, Adam Dunn wasn't the best situation, nor was uh, Adam LaRoche. And Avi Garcia didn't really work out. There's some guys who are supposed to be like the middle of the order hitters that didn't work out. The only thing that signing Edwin Carcion and Abreu to a three-year deal when he accepted arbitration is you're blocking a young player like Andrew Vaughn. Now, if the season were to start when it was supposed to, Danny Mendick or Leroy Garcia would have been the open day second baseman. Mendick's good enough. Mendick, by the time he came to the major leagues, Madrigal in the minor league, Nick Madrigal, the top one of the Sox top prospects, really passed him up. Where Garcia is still useful because he's a tweener. He has played outfield great and he's played the infield great and he can bat leadoff. So one of those two guys would have been the opening day second baseman, but because of COVID and all the things, there's a very good chance that Nick Madrigal makes the Sox team and is the second baseman and eventually one of the top guys in the lineup batting first or second. Luis Robert, they signed him to that extension before the season started so he could play at the beginning. Sox will have that good center fielder they haven't had in a while. I think the last time the Sox had a good center fielder, no offense to Alex Rios, was probably when they had Aaron Rowan and they won the World Series. Probably the last time they had a good two-way player. Now they finally got a right fielder who is actually a right fielder. Avi Garcia, not a right fielder. Carlos Quinn, not really a right fielder. It's been the last time the Sox had a consistent guy. If he stays healthy, that's the question. Since you're like Jermaine Dye in Nomar Mazar. Nomar Mazar was asked by the Rangers to bat leadoff, bat second, bat in the middle of the order, and sometimes to play center field when he wasn't a center fielder. The White Sox, in a perfect world, if Robert and Madrigal play the how they're supposed to, and you have Encarnacion, Abreu, Moncada, and Eloy Jimenez, who should have won Rookie of the Year last year, and Grandal now as their three through seven or eight hitters, and Robert, oh my God, it's so good, man, that... Sometimes you could say, well, he'll bat ninth. And if he has low expectations, and even in a short season, like in a full season, you ask him, just hit 20 home runs. If you hit 20 home runs, driving 70 in the 7th, 8th, or ninth spot, not a bad year. So the hope is that he 
by not having all the pressure, batting the top of the order, the middle of the order, or playing out of position, just bat at the bottom of the order and do his work. The Sox will finally have a two-way competent right fielder, and with Luis Robert have a two-way competent center fielder, and if it's a full season, I feel like Eli could have 40 home runs in a season, maybe challenge for 50 soon. So yeah, the Sox fill their hole in right field, fill their hole in center field, but they're going to fill their hole in second base, hopefully, and I'll have two of the best catchers in all of baseball. The Sox like, have the best of the young and the old, and that's why in the short season they have a chance to win. And they have Adam Engel, who's no longer going to be starting every day in center field, and his bat isn't a great. We're going to have one of the best fourth outfielders because he's, he could have won a gold glove. Now, the White Sox, to be safe, signed Ross Deltweiler and uh, Alberto Mejia and Brian Mitchell just because, again, you never know what happens with injuries to rotation. You're going to get some guys. Now, when it comes to the shortened season, in case of injuries and having this player pool, it's really good to have Chester Cuthbert and Andrew Romine because Chester Cuthbert has played all over the infield for the Royals. Andrew Romine in one game played every single position, including catcher and pitcher. And they brought back fan favorite Nicky Madrigal, I mean Nicky Della Mon- Nicky Della Monaco, and they still have, and they still have, uh, and they and they still have Daniel Palka as well. So it's like they got they got the guys who. Who, when they were up on the roster in the beginning, did some stuff. So the White Sox, like the Indians, have some good pieces in their team that will help them go on to the next level. Now, the bottom of this division, even in a short season, is not really going to vote well for the Royals or the Tigers because their teams have flaws in many spots. The Royals have one of the roast, roast pitching staffs of the whole, rotation and bullpen. The best pitcher they have is Danny Duffy, and he can never stay healthy. They have Jesse Hahn. They got in a trade from the eighth. He has never stayed healthy, okay? Jacob Judas and Brad Keller were in their rotations last year, but they're nothing special. Ian Kennedy last year became the closer, and I don't think anybody believes that Ian Kennedy's really going to be a closer on a, on a good team. When you're paying all this money, that you might as well just make him your one of your starting pitchers and try to get 200 innings out of him if it was a full season. Now, good comeback stories is Trevor Rosenthal, made his, they said, made the team. So Trevor Rosenthal could go back to what he used to be, where he could be the closer. And they also brought back Greg Holland on a minor league deal as well. And the two of them, if they're both on this world team with this player pool, and they also brought in former Dimebacks pitcher Brandon Shipley because they just need pitching, that the Royals could potentially go back to having a good bullpen if, you know, Rosenthal and Greg Holland go back to where they're supposed to be. Now, obviously, they still have the best one of the three best catchers in baseball. Now that Yamani Gregal has gone to the American League, and you still have Gary Sanchez. Salvador Perez is probably bumped down at number three in best catchers in the American League. But last year, he had Tommy John surgery. He missed whole season. If he's healthy for a full season, he could handle the fact that their rotation is either eh, injury-prone or horrible, and their bullpens question marks all over the place by having him for a full season. In a 60-game season, he will help the young guys that they have make some strides. Now, again, the Royals have good position players like the Blue Jays do, teams that aren't, you know, going anywhere. They have Alberto Monesai, who's Raul Monesai's son, who when healthy last year was pretty good. Whit Merrifield, their second baseman, who they continue to play at first base, right field and center field, he's on the team. They got Hunter Dozier last year, like Moncada, were third baseman to improve their offense and their defense after being, you know, a little bit inconsistent. Now, Hunter Dozier, the brother of Brian Dozier, you know, family connections. 
They just said to him, you're going to play right field this year, and Whit Merrifield's going to play center because we want to play Nicky Lopez, one of her best prospects, who's a middle infielder. I understand that for Whit Merrifield, but to play him in center field is kind of silly. I was thinking maybe left field. Don't put all the pressure on him. They still have Ryan O'Hara, a young first baseman, and Ryan McBroom, so they got some potential there. What I don't understand is they went and signed Philly's third, former third baseman, Mikhail Franco, who Philly's legends called him out on his hustle, consistency, he strikes out too much, doesn't play great defense. The Royals said, we're going to take a chance on him, and we're going to shift, again, one of our three best players to the outfield. When already in the outfield, you brought back Alex Gordon, so that is taking up left field. You have the guy who's one of the best DHs in Jorge Soler. He's gonna have to. He's he's played some right field, but if you're gonna make Hunter Dozier the right fielder, Soler's gonna be the full-time DH. But you still have young. You still have pretty young outfielders and Bubba Starling, who from your own system, and Brett Phillips on your team. I was thinking between the two of them, they would play center field, but it looks like that both of them are gonna be backups if Alex Gordon and Hunter Dozier are gonna play with Whit Merrifield in the outfield. Now they just went and got Frenchie Cordero, so again, and now three center fielders who are not even gonna start. So you have the Royals' decision to put their two of their best players, because I feel like Dozier, Whit Merrifield, and Mundesai are three of their four best players, and they just said, yeah, they could throw on the outfield. So Royals pretty much got the position players set, you know, in general for most of the positions on the team, but they don't have any clarity when it comes to their. Uh, when it comes to their pitching staff, especially their uh, their their bullpen, like and I mean their back of the rotation after Dan, Danny Duffy, I really can't count on anybody else. And then when it comes to their bullpen, it's comeback stories of Greg Holland and Trevor Rosenthal. Now the other team, at least you could say about the Tigers, is that they're trying to pretend that they're they're going to be competitive this year because last year. It's been since they got rid of Ian Kinsler a couple years ago. They've had a hole at second base. Gal Cabrera has missed a bunch of missed a couple of years with bunches of injuries, missing time, and they and Victor Martinez finally retired the other year, so he became the full-time DH last year. And for then, when you have a hole at second base, you have a hole at catcher, you have a hole at third base, you pretty much had a hole at shortstop, and you had a hole at first base, and you had some holes in the outfield. You got to do something to fix that, so people are not thinking you're not trying. Now, Jake Rogers is one of the best prospects in the system. He got called up last year, but they say he's not going to be ready. Now, in the shortened season, maybe because there's no minor league season, they'll actually play him because former Indians third-string catcher Eric Haas and their own catcher Grayson Griner and a former Yankee backup Austin Romine, not to confuse his brother Andrew, you're just looking at a group of backups. I feel like going with a group of backups when you have a young guy in Rogers that you should try, just go with it, Okay. Now, Romine's a good pickup because he's been a veteran backup and he started games before. Now, to fix their infield, they said, we're going to bring in CJ Crone, who on every team he's been on, he's hit at least 20 home runs. And let's also bring in Jonathan Scope, who's hit like 20 home runs when he's in Baltimore. I'm not sure how many he has hit consistently since he's been in you know, the past couple of years. But for him, when he was making the All-Star team with the Orioles, he was hitting 20-something home runs. And he's still pretty young. He's not that old. He's been around for a bit of time. So getting Scope and Crone for the right side of the infield gives you veterans that you're actually trying. They have utility player Harold Castro and Nico Goodrum that they were like, yeah, we're going to play those guys. Sure, like, well, actually, the Tigers are playing backup infielder everywhere because they had holes all over the infield, and some of them were in the outfield. Okay? They also got Willie Castro from one of these deadline trains from the Indians that they always said they were going to try the never Jude, and they brought it back Jody Mercer. So between Jody Mercer... Willie Castro and these backups, they have some sort of shortstop combination will be better than nothing. 
third base, they're still giving in to Candelario for him, who was a man without a position with the Cubs when they should just try to second base and not move Nathan Cassiano to the after. That's another story. So at least they have certain plans for their infield and their catching, which is better than last year. Now, the outfield, if Jacoby Jones is healthy, they're probably going to play him in the center field. They got Cameron Maben. He's probably going to play right field or left field. And if I were them, I'd play Maven in center field because his best value is center field is his defense and his speed. Jacoby Jones' best ability being a former infielder is his bat. And Travis Dermite, when he came up last year, was pretty good in right field. Now, what was confusing last year is the Tigers had, I think it was Kristen Stewart and some other guy playing the outfield, and there was just a hole there. But they're probably, as I said, going to go Jacoby Jones, center Cameron Maven, and Travis Dermite, and that's fine. At least by signing Cameron Maben, they're trying in center field. By signing Scope and Crone and Jody Mercer and Austin Romine, they're trying. They're really trying there. And if it was a regular season, all those guys I mentioned would be trade candidates. And guess what? They're not Rotation's not as bad as the Royals. Matt Boyd pitched great last year. If he can consistently do that, he is your number one. That's not bad. If Michael Fulmer, where he was a couple years ago before he got injured and missed a lot of time due to surgery... And Daniel Norris is healthy. Those are three pretty young guys. And you sign Anavon Nova, who's no longer a one, two, or three pitcher. But for the White Sox last year, he pitched a bunch of innings. He, he was really consistent. In a regular season, 200 innings from him. If Jordan Zimmerman's your fourth or fifth starter because you're paying him all that money, on paper, that's not a bad rotation. It's really the bullpen because they traded away Shane Green last year. And you really don't know what's going to be in that bullpen except for Joe Jimenez, who made an all-star team one year. Like, and nobody knows who he is, really. So that's the Tigers got one of the worst bullpens. Again, because they no longer have the closer. Now, maybe by Hector Santiago making the team, that will give them another guy that they've heard of. But really, the Tigers' rotation is not as bad as the Royals. Their bullpen, on the other hand, is kind of bad, and their offense will be like the Twins, where they got enough guys who could potentially have 20 home runs. And Alec Miguel Cabrera, in a full season, he would have been able to get to 500 and pretty close to 3,000, because he needs... A couple hundred hits to get to 3,000, and he needs like 20, 30 home runs to get to 500. But in this shortened season, he's not going to do it. He's going to have to play all next year and hopefully get as close as possible. And then the next year, finally get to where he's going to be. Now, when it comes to, as I said earlier, the Yankees being the best team, I was saying to myself, yeah, on paper, going into the offseason, I said the Yankees, they go out and spend all that money on the best pitcher in Garrett Cole. They still are paying Tanaka. They have Severino, who pitched great last year in the second half, and, and he got hurt in the playoffs, whatever. And they get traded for James Paxton. That's good. Then they also still have James Happ. Jamie J. Happ. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty good rotation. There were rumors going to trade J. Happ because they didn't want him because they have all these pitchers. Well, guess what happened? Paxton has to get surgery in early spring training. Severino gets surgery, and he's Tommy John, whatever. And he's out for the rest of the year. So, like, okay, it's Garrett Cole, Masiro Tanaka, J. Happ. And this Domingo Herman. Well, Domingo Herman is serving a suspension, so there's not that. But with this season being short, Paxton's back from his back thing. Herman's not gonna be able to pitch because there's not enough games unless they make the playoffs. But yeah, James Paxton's back. So you got Garrett Cole, Tanaka, James Paxton, Jay Happ. That's not a bad four-man rotation, especially for just thinking about the playoffs. Having four guys, that was a pretty good decision on them to get Garrett Cole because it's like get, fixing two spots in the rotation. Because you're without Severino, without Domingo Herman, and Sabathia retired. The Yankees starting rotation is not bad. It's really their bullpen that this year, they don't have to rely that much if Garrett Cole and, and James Paxton are pitching the way that they usually do with Tanaka and Jay Happ. Because Chapman, 
Tommy Conley, Adam Onovino, and Zach Britton. Yeah, Chapman, Zach Britton, Adam Onovino, Tommy Conley. That's four out of your seven potential relievers. And this Chad Green guy has been great for them. That's a really, really good bullpen. And obviously, I thought by them signing, bringing back Adam Warren, that would also help their bullpen, but they let him go as well. But they also signed David Hale, Tyler Lyons, Nick Tropino, Tony Zike, and Dan Otero. Dan Otero, when he's on the Indians, was a great fifth and sixth, like a middle reliever guy, sixth inning. He makes the team. Or Tropino used to be in the Angels bullpen, makes the team. That just makes their bullpen way better than it needs to be. And again, lost Andrew Romine. So they're going to go with Kyle Hishigawa, who has been the third-string catcher, but he's barely played because Romine has been the starter. So that is why they went out and got Kratz, who's been around for a while. They're going to get Chris I And they brought in former the greatest catcher in Rockies history, Chris Iannetta. And they brought in former Mets catcher Josh Tolley, the former catcher Dari Dickey. Gary Sanchez, in a full season, he's probably going to get hurt at some point because he always does. That's why they were like, oh, crap, we got to get three veteran catchers because we don't know what's going to happen. The Yankees also know with Anduar getting hurt and Gene Matarshella, who somehow hit last year, and they and they let D.J. Gregorius go in the offseason. They need to get some infielder just in case there was injury. So they went and got Matt Duffy, who the Rangers cut in spring training. Matt Duffy will be a good piece because he's a former shortstop, and he's played second short in, he's played third and, third and second and first in his career. So they're set there. Now the Yankees are going to be finally smart. No more Gisela Mayu at first base. Keep him or him at third base. Glaber Torres is your shortstop. LeMay is your second base. They're both all-stars. Two of the best at their league. Urshela and Anduar are going to split time at third base. And Anduar could also split time at DH. Or first base. They also still have a Luke Voigt at first base. He hit a bunch of home runs. Because they potentially don't have to play Stanton at DH. If they want to DH and Duhar or you know, Luke Voigt. But knowing them, they want to keep staying healthy. They're going to DH him. Judge is still going to play right field. Brett Gardner was going to be the center fielder, and Clint Frazier was going to play left because Aaron Hicks got hurt, and he had surgery, and they were going to, and he was going to miss some time this year. But because of this layoff, Stanton should be close to being ready. Judge should be close to being ready because he had an injury and Hicks. And all that means is you still have Gardner, Hicks, Judge, Stanton, Clint Frazier. That's that's like one, two, three, four, five good outfielders right there. And you still don't forget about Mike Tauschman, who played last year, was pretty good. So the Yankees, again, are going to be based off having Sluggers in Stanton and Judge and Luke Voigt and Andujar. And you could potentially say Glaber Torres is Slugger because they're going to bat in the middle of the order. But yeah, if you got Stanton, Judge, Sanchez, Luke Voigt, Andujar, and Torres, and if they're smart, either Aaron Hicks or DJ LeMay, I mean, or Brett Gardner are leading off. DJ LeMay in the two spot. That's where he's batted his whole career and won a batting title before. So it's like been a batting title contender. So their lineup's good. Garrett Cole and, 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 uh, and uh, you know, the big maple, James Paxton, are major improvements to rotation. That's without Severino, Sabathia, and Domingo Herman from last year's team. And with those guys, Tanaka should have less pressure to be the ace because he's got two other guys to lean on. So the Yankees rotation got better, even though they lost three guys. Their bullpen is still pretty good with some guys on minor league deals. And if Andujar, Stanton, Judge, and Hicks and Sanchez have less games to worry about and they're more healthy, they're going to be hard to beat. And like always, if they win their division and the um, 
and the Astros win their division, and the Twins win their division, but the Astros and Yankees have the best record compared to the Twins, they're going to play the Twins, and they'll probably lose, no matter if it's in the first round or it's going to be in the second round. Now, the team that won 90 games a couple years ago, the Rays, didn't make the playoffs. Last year, they were a wildcard team. They just keep churning out obscure relievers, obscure starting pitchers, this whole opener thing, and then pitching a guy who has been a starter in his career in the middle innings for four to five, six innings, and then having like no real closer, just going with whoever. They shouldn't have to do that this year because, A, they could do it this year if they really want to because it's a short season they can experiment. But if Blake Snell, who won the Cy Young before, is healthy, Glasnow, who was off to a great start last year, is healthy, Charlie Morton's healthy, and they got the Jalen Beeks in a trade. They got four starting pitchers and the potential of either Yanni Chirino or Ryan Yarborough. So that means that they have potentially six guys they could start. When The reason they were doing this for the past couple of years is because they didn't have five stars, let alone four, that were good enough. Nick Anderson, who they got from the Marlins, and uh, Diego Castro, who throws like a wiffle ball type of pitch. Like those two guys are are really, really talented and that bullpen's going to be good because Jose Alvarado throws pitches. You got veterans offer Jake and Chaz Rowe. Like that's like their, their rotation has six starters deep. Their bullpen is deep. And especially with the added roster of players, they can use, you know, the McKay guy who's a hitter and a pitcher. They got Aaron Loop, the veteran lefty. They got Brent Howell. How, you know, how would you know whether there are other prospects? They got Trevor Richards from the Marlins. They had enough pitchers there. Now, the real question is, if Mike Zeno gets hurt again, and so does Michael Perez, what are you going to do? They were using Eric Kratz and a bunch of no-name guys. And well, to fix that issue, they went and signed to minor league deals Kevin Smith. They had signed some other catchers too, but they cut them they cut them recently. But Kevin Smith, good decision to bring him in because he's been a backup in this big leagues in case there's injuries. And they got this Ronaldo, Ronaldo Hernandez on the roster. Now the the position player wise, they said they got the pitching staff covered. Enough starters, enough relievers. Kevin Cash has picked up where Joe Madden left off being a whiz there. It's their infield. They said goodbye to Matt Duffy and then made a decision that they're going to put Yanni Diaz, full-time third baseman, even though he's not a great fielder. They also said, Brandon Lau, you were pretty good last year. You were a top rookie last year. You're going to be at second base. And, of course, Willie Thomas is their most consistent everyday shortstop in years. They haven't had one like that. They've kept G-Man Choi, but they got rid of Jesus Aguilar. Now, you would think to yourself, okay, Nate Lau is going to play some first base. Nope. Or Brian O'Grady, they got from the Reds, or Mike Passaro. Nope. And just keep Joy Wendell and Daniel Robertson as backup infield. They go and trade for Jose Martinez, who's a limited outfielder and more of a DH type of guy. They go out and sign Yoshi, Tus- Yoshi Tuzako, who's also been a guy who played all over the, the diamond in DH. So it's like, okay, you got Jose Martinez, you got the Jap- you got the foreign import, and you still got G-Man Choi, and you still got the other low brothers. Like, what are you doing? You got too many guys. Now, because Kevin Kiermaier is never going to move off center field. So by trading for Hunter Renfro... They get themselves a guy who can play left field and hit a bunch of home runs and can DH again because he's not the greatest fielder. Austin Meadows had a great year last year making the All-Star team. So again, no matter if it's Tommy Fan or Hunter Renfro, they still got a great outfield. Now what also didn't make sense was because they got the foreign import and because you've seen Jose Martinez and Brian O'Grady and Lau play the outfield, you're like, okay, there's some veterans there. They go on and get Randy Arizona from the from the from the Rangers. I mean, from the Cardinals, and 
Yeah, and they go get Randy Arizona from the from the Cardinals too in that trade with Jose Martinez, so they get themselves another good defensive outfielder like Kiermaier Canyon. And in a separate trade with the Padres, they also got their former center fielder Manuel Margot. So again, they have a log jam between Margot and the foreign import and Azarona to play the outfield. And they still got Wendell and Robertson who played well last year and first baseman's O'Grady and Brasaru and Nate Lau on their team because they're still with G Menchua that they got. Again, they're, they're super deep with the position players and they can do some sort of platoon system if they really wanted to. That's I just sh- I shook my head when I thought, why did they go out and get all these outfielders? You know, that's the interesting thing. But Kevin Smith, good pickup in case their starting catcher and their backup catcher go down because he's been there because he's been a backup before. They signed some others too, so they were smart in, in doing that. So the Rays are the team that I feel like maybe in the short season they can challenge the Yankees for the vision because they're not going to be able to win 90 games. I don't know what the equivalent would be. I'm not a math major, but that's what they would do. Now the Red Sox, they lost Chris Sale to Tommy John surgery because, you know, they didn't know when the season was starting he's gone. Rick Purcell let them free agency. They want to trade Mookie Betts because he's going to be a free agent. They couldn't sign him. So they included David Price in the trade. So again, three of their top three starters, gone. Three of their going to land, Eduardo Rodriguez and Nathan Eovaldi, both who have had Tommy John surgeries and other injuries and surgeries, and you can't rely on them to be healthy. They went in and they also signed the Martin Perez, who's, never, who's battled surgeries and injuries, who's a back-end starter, and Colin McHugh, who has battled injuries. Colin McHugh, on the other hand, decided that he's going to opt out. So you can get, now you've evolved in Rodriguez. So the Red Sox went from having four injury-prone starting pitchers in Perez, McHugh, Rodriguez, and Evaldi to having just three. And, that, and there's nothing you can rely on. Matt Barnes in the closer role wasn't great last year. Heath Embry is not a closer. Josh Osick is not a closer. And Ryan Weber's not a closer. So Brandon Workman, the former starting pitcher, is going to be the closer. So again, back-to-back offseason, the Red Sox have done absolutely nothing in order to fix their bullpen. So again, their bullpen is not going to be great, and they can't rely on their starting pitching. So even in the short season, I don't feel like they're going to be a clear favorite to be a wild-card team. If it was a regular full season, they would have been five, they would have been a competitive team because of the lineup they have. Now, Christian Vasquez... Last year was healthy, and he showed some improvement offensively. But again, he and Jackie Bradley Jr. are only in the lineup because of their their, their defense. We don't Any offense they get is a bonus. Kevin Pilecki is going to be a better backup because Leon is kind of up there in age. Now, they also brought in Jonathan Lucroy with this added roster thing, so that's going to be good because he can get his bat in the lineup. Now, the infield is still some of the best in the league because their order is going to have, their middle of the order is going to have DH, J.D. Martinez, going to have Xander Bogarts at shortstop, and Rafael Devers at third, at third base. And they brought back Mitch Moreland, who can pencil him in in a regular season for 20 home runs. They still got that good offense there, okay? And they still got Andrew Benetani left field. It just gets better as an overall player. So, again, more offense there. Now, Pajoy hasn't been the same since Manny Machado took him out of that slide. Can't stay healthy. So, that to, to avoid that, they said to themselves, we're going to sign Jose Peraza, the former shortstop prospect. His days of playing the outfield like the Reds made him do are over. He's going to be the opening day second baseman. Michael Chavis is also going to get some at-bats at second base and first base because of his bat. So Peraza doesn't hit, Chavis comes in. So the Red Sox, again, they, at least they're covered at second base. And I said in the outfield, with them trading uh, Mookie Betts, it was a good thing they went and signed Kevin Pillar, who should have won three gold gloves already, and Alex Verdugo, 
Because last year when the Dodgers did play him in center field or anyone in the outfield, he was playing great defense, he was hitting, and then he got hurt. So between Verdugo and Pilar, one of them will be your everyday right fielder. And what if Jackie Bradley Jr. just falls off a cliff and can't hit? Well, you could always play Pilar and Verdugo because Pilar, similarly to Bradley game, he's in there for his defense. So the Red Sox position players, they 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 have two options at second base and two options in right field to fix the holes at second base and in right field. So their offense is what's going to carry them because they still have a potent lineup. If it's Martinez, Bogart, Dever, Mitch Moreland, uh, that's not a bad lineup, okay? It's the Red Sox rotation being a disaster with Chris Sale off for the year, McHugh opting out, Perez, Divaldi, and Rodriguez never being healthy, and their bullpen not being that good. And they think by signing Zach Godley to a minor league deal, that's really going to help them. And as I said, if Vasquez goes down, they got Luke Croy, and they got Kevin Pilecki, Juan Centeno, and Jeff Bandy, and Connor Wong. So again, the Red Sox roster is not the way it used to be, but in a full season, they're not going to just jump down to the bottom of the league. The Blue Jays, on the other hand, last year they traded away Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez, and they cut like Clayton Richard, and then Buckholz was hurt, and Matt Schumacher was hurt, and they had like no pitching. They were going with nobodies or start, you know, using relievers to start. So to fix that problem, they went out and signed one of the best starting pitchers in the market, and Jensen Ryu. A lot of people thought was going to go to the East Coast or the West Coast, like big major markets. He didn't. So they got him to solidify this top of the rotation. They went inside Tanner Rorick, who's always been a good number, four or five on the teams he's been on. Traded for Chase Anderson, and when he's healthy, that's a good thing. And they went back and brought back Matt Schumacher. So right there, they got four starter pitchers that have been veterans that, if they're healthy, you can rely on. Now, the fifth spot is open up to debate, but guess what? A lot of teams' fifth starter spots are open. It's better to just have one spot open. And with the short season, extra players, they'll Mitch and Matt. Can Giles, they didn't trade him. They still got him. They brought in Anthony Bass. They brought back Jake Petrushka, former Indians pitcher A.J. Cole. So they got themselves some major league relievers for their team. Ryan Barecki is still there. So they, they got themselves... A lot improved. Now, they're still going to go with Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire, two youngsters. You never heard of a catcher because they're going all in like the Royals are with the young players. But Bichette's going to be the shortstop. Kevin Biggio, who never really had a home defensively, going to be a second baseman. Third base was supposed to be Vlad Guerrero, and you said, okay. So we said goodbye to Freddy Galvez, Arena. So there's two less middle infielders. And we said goodbye to Justin Smoke at first base because you got Rowdy Telez at first base slash DH, and you still have Brandon Dury. So I thought Dury's going to slide over to first base because Guerrero's only been in the league for one year. He's not going to move positions. They they go on and sign Travis Shaw, who was masquerading the third baseman of Boston, Milwaukee, and briefly the second baseman of Milwaukee. And he, they said he's going to play first base. So that meant Brandon Dury not going to get at bats unless he and Telez split them. But And that could righty lefty. That could work. They announced before the season started that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not going to play third base. He's going to start playing first base and DH. Well, if he's played first base, that means they're definitely not going to be at bats for Rowdy Tillett at first base. And if he's going to D8, they're going to split them. That means they're going to move Shaw back to third base, even though he shouldn't have no business playing third base. At least Brandon Jury is a third baseman who's played outfield and infield. So it's going to be Travis Shaw at third base and then now Guerrero first base, which is getting stupid because Shaw's not a third baseman. I was thinking, well, maybe you can move Lourdes Correale Jr. to third base because the dude is a natural-born shortstop who wasn't doing well. So you sent him down to the minor leagues and then, of course, Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio and Guerrero took his spots in the infield, so he made him an outfielder. But guess what? Taking him and putting him in the outfield when he's not really an outfielder, 
doesn't really help your team when you have so many outfits because between Anthony Alford, Jonathan Davis, your own guys, Teoscar Hernandez and Derek Fisher is probably both from the Astros, and Billy McKinney is from the Cubs, A's, Yankees, all are natural-born center fielders. They played some McKinney at first base and even played Gritchick in center field because of his bat. You have way too many center fielders who you don't know where to put them. Gritchick's got to stay in right field because he's a third baseman. So playing Gurriel in left field takes away bats from Alfred Davis, Fisher, Hernandez, and McKinney who could all be playing center field and left field, and Guriel could play in the infield. So like the Royals, they kind of got a log jam because they're playing some of their better players out of position, like they're doing with Merrifield and, and Dozier. Now, the Blue Jays in a full season, they weren't going to lose 100 games. They weren't going to be that horrible, you know what I mean? Because they also went and got Ruben Tejada and Caleb Joseph on their team as veteran on a minor league deal as well. So that would help the team having some veterans. So the Blue Jays are smart. They fixed they have four veteran pitchers that they traded for, signed, or brought back. They still have their closer from last year. They brought in Travis Shaw. So they got some veterans on this team to help guide this young team to the next thing until their young starting pitchers are ready in the next year or two and their position players get better. So like the Royals, they're going to be good offensively because they got the pitching. Unlike the Royals, they have a good, a good, a good enough rotation and a closer. So there's that. So the Blue Jays and Red Sox are not going to be horrible teams in a full season. The worst team... It's like the Orioles. They're going to be as bad as the Tigers and Royals because, again, they have no idea what they're doing. They last year played Trey Mancini, their best hitter in right field, when he's been a major league left fielder but a natural-born first baseman because of Trumbo and Davis being on the team. Trumbo got hurt last year. Davis was horrible. I don't understand why we're playing them. Oh, it's because they want to play rejects from other teams and Rio Ruiz from the Braves and Renato News from the Rangers, who both are third basemen who so don't have to play first base or DH. You do that. Mancini... Had, you know, cancer, scare, surgery, all this stuff. He's out, so you don't have to worry about him this year. What we're talking about next year. They're, so Chris Davis, because they're paying him, he's still going to play first base. They traded away VR, so they still got utility player Hans Alberto. Iglesias will take shortstop because they actually will care about shortstop instead of rotating players in and out. That will help the infield defense. That will help the pitching staff having go-go caliber shortstop. The question is between Ramon Urias, Andrew Velasquez, and Hans Alberto, who's going to play second base, third base, that whole entire thing. That's what I'm saying. There's a black hole there. They could just give Ryan Mountcastle the opportunity to play third base every day because he's one of their younger, better prospects. They could do that. When it comes to the outfield, if they're smart, Anthony Santana should not play any game in center field because he's a right fielder. Dwight Smith Jr., who's a natural-born center fielder, Cedric Mullins, who's a natural-born center fielder, Austin Hayes, and Mason Williams, they should be the ones getting at bats in center field, and then you can decide if you want DJ Stewart's bat in left field, you know, what you want to do, I'm saying. So, yeah, they got holes in the infield, except for they're paying Chris Davis, and they brought Iglesias, and they still haven't figured out their outfield alignment. Catching-wise, they're wasting time with backup catcher Pedro Severino after they wasted time last year with Jesus Sucre. They got Chan Sisko and Austin Wins. They're both young enough catchers. Well, you know, Wins is, is now approaching 30, but the last couple of years, the two of them are young enough catchers that you should go with them. You shouldn't waste your time with anybody else. When it comes to their pitching staff, Dylan Bundy, gone. Kevin Gosman's been gone, okay? Because they're still paying Alice Cobb all that money. They they have to keep him. Okay, they have to. They he has to pitch, okay? That's just obvious. John Means pitched really well as a rookie, and you know, on a bad team, his one above replacement is going to be good because he's so valuable. So those two guys, you can rely on them. But Alice Cobb hasn't been the same since his surgery. And they brought in Tommy Malone, former Nationals back end starter, who has been a while since he's been a starter in the major leagues, and Wade LeBlanc, who's gone back and forth. Even in the short season, piecing together a rotation like that is going 
it's horrible. And they're and Hector Velasquez and Asher Wojciechowski, they're not going to fix that rotation as well. Hunter Harvey, who has never been healthy, so they made him reliever, is not going to help that case. And, of course, Michael Givens is the only reliever they have, and he had, like, almost five ERA last year. So, again, rotation's patchwork. The bullpen's going to be so bad. And they're wasting time with a catcher. They're wasting time with some of these rejects in the infield instead of just going all out young, and they haven't figured out their outfield linemen. So, again, they're just going to continue to be super bad. And in a regular season, the Yankees and the Rays and the, and the Red Sox Blue Jays are just going to beat up on them. Now, the American League defending champs, Astros. Their GM was fired. Their manager was fired because of the cheating. Okay? Before the season started, Verlander had surgery. They lost Colin McHugh. Okay? They uh, they lost... They also lost Hector Rondon to their, uh, to you know, free agency. They And they and they lost, you know, Robinson Torino. So they they lost a lot of people in the offseason. They also lost center fielder Jake Marisnik. They lost... We've set up Manuel Harrison. Of course, the biggest thing is they lost Garrett Cole. Now, what's working for them in their favor is that their division doesn't have anybody so great. And you get a full season of Zach Greinke. Verlander will be able to start the season on time because the season started later, and Greinke will get that extra time to rest. So will Lance McCullers Jr. come off the time. So like them, like the Indians, they got three good starters. Now, Brad Peacock, if he's healthy, he will be the fourth starter. And like a lot of teams, they're not sure who his fifth starter is. That's not a big, big deal with them because they're thinking about the playoffs and you only need four guys. They've still got Ryan Presley and Chris Davinsky in that bullpen. So losing Will Harris and Hector Rondon won't be bad because they still have three good relievers to pair and potentially Joe Baggini in the bullpen if he's not the fifth starter with Roberto Azuna. So they got themselves still. Yeah, so they still got themselves the... Uh, they still got themselves the... Good enough three to four starters and the good enough three to four relievers. Now, they did, obviously, as I said, lose Chirinos is bad, but they get Melden out for a full season because they should never let him go last year and get veteran backups Dustin Garneau and Garrett Stubbs. At least they got some sort of catchy tan that's just going to bat last. They still have one of the most deepest lineups in baseball. Yulu Gurriel at first base. Bregman at third base. Could have won MVP last year. Altuve and Carrera up the middle. And they still have... The guy who won Rookie of the Year, Jordan Alvarez, at DH. They still have Michael, Brett, uh, Michael Brantley and Josh Reddick and George Springer. Instead of Jake Marizic, they got Miles Straw for their fourth outfielder. And Kyle Tucker will get some at bat. So the Astros, again, still have the, the advantage of having a steep lineup, three to four starters and three to four relievers, that no matter if Dusty Baker, who should have won a World Series before, could definitely go in the Hall of Fame as a, uh, as a manager, managing in a short season... The team that's pretty much gone to World Series every year, except for the year the Red Sox won it. Like that's the that's the thing. Like those these players, this team is so deep, position player wise, and still have good enough relievers and starters despite all the losses they had. They're better than anybody in the division, the Astros. So that's why the Astros are definitely going to win their division easily. No matter if it's a full or a long season, they're gonna have the chance to have one of the best records. So they will play the winner of the wild card again. The Yankees will then probably play the Twins. And the A's, who every year wins like enough games, 80-something to 90-something games, I think for the playoffs, they're again a team that can win the wild card. Now, they decided to, they're going all in with Sean Murphy, a catcher. Bye-bye, Josh Fegley. Goodbye, anybody who played catcher for them. They're going all in with a rookie. They made a mistake in Jerson Profar and said, fine, we, we fixed that mistake. We're going with Franco Barreto, our natural-born shortstop. We're giving the opportunity every day to play second base. And we got Tony Kemp, 
former Cub Astro, to platoon with him because he's an offensive player can play everywhere. They still got one of the best corner infield combos in Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. Marcus Simeon had a really good year in the leadoff spot and playing shortstop. That's why his value got up because he hit a lot of home runs. So if Barreto plays like he's supposed to be because they've been playing him all over the place and Tony Kemp's a good platoon guy, their infield will be set. They also said, screw this. We're going to finally make Marcana the left fielder. Like just say, it. he's our left fielder. No, we're going with Grossman or we're going with somebody else. We're going to go with Canna the whole year for his offense and probably in late innings take him out because they had no business playing center field, let alone outfield. But they're going to do that because between Sky Bull, Seth Brown, Dustin Fowler, Robbie Grossman, and they, they got enough guys who could replace him in left field. They still got Piscotti, who's a good two-way player in right field, and Ramon Liriano, who can win a gold glove in center, has no business playing right field if Canna's playing center, and utility man Chad Pinder, who, if Barreto and Tony Kemp don't work out, should just been given the already starting second baseman job if you already give Marcana the starting left field job. So position player-wise, the A's, again. Now the problem with them is a lot of their pitchers had Tommy John surgery. They had other surgeries, and they're all coming off those injuries. So obviously this layoff will help. But Shaman and I missed most of last year due to Tommy John. Frankie Montanez, injury, suspension. Jesus Lardo, A.J. Puck, some of their best pitchers coming off surgeries. Chris Bassett's also been injury-prone and come off surgery. And Mike Fires is not an ace. So that's the rotation. They got a bunch of guys coming off injury. They still have Daniel Gossett, you know, another potential guy they can go with. And obviously, when you still have these Jake Diekman, Liam Hendricks, Yasmir Petit, Joaquin Soria, you know what? That's not a bad bullpen. You know, Hendricks pitched well last year. You know, when Blake Trinan lost the job, you still got Soriano and, and uh, Jake Diekman. That's good veteran. Really is right there, you know. That that's really what happens there. They got themselves still got themselves a good bullpen as well, so their bullpen will help out the fact that their starting pitchers are coming off injury, and like you know you don't want to hurt them. And TJ McFarlane also, so it's like they got enough veteran relievers in that bullpen. Yes, Moti can pitch multiple innings, that will help guide this young rotation that's coming off surgery, as well. Now, as I said, they're going all in a catcher, and they're going all in at second base. I was surprised they didn't even sign Russell Martin a minor league deal. They didn't sign anybody minor league deals a catcher. They really didn't sign anybody minor league deals for anything. Because right now, they're set at position players, going all in a second base a catcher, going all in with most of their starting pitchers being young guys. So again, they'll have a chance to be the one of the wild card teams, definitely. Now, I feel like the Rangers are going to be a better team than the Angels, because... They have the past couple of years sneakily fixed their team up. They really have, okay? They traded Corey Kluber for pennies on the dollar, and they gave up the, like the Lionel Shields Jr. and some other junk just to get the guy. Like, if Corey Kluber is healthy, and you don't have to have him pitch a full 162-game season, and you got yourself Mike Miner, who pitched like an all-star last year, and Lance, who you got two years ago, I think, and Lance Lynn, you got last year, to pair with your other off-season additions of Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyle. Kyle Gibson was a consistent pitcher with the Twins, back rotation. Jordan Lyles went healthy. The Brewers and Pirates and so many teams traded for him. There you go. They revamped their whole rotation. I know it's all veterans, and pretty much all of them, except for maybe Kyle Gibson, has battled major injuries in his career. But on paper, all five of those are amazing. It's an amazing rotation. And in a whole 162-game season, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty good. And Jose LeCurk, figure it out again. He's your closer. Rafael Montero, former starting pitcher, battled injuries, figured out as a setup man, and they brought back Jesse Chavez last year. 
They got Juan Nicasio, who's figured out as, after being a failed starter as a reliever. And they even brought back back starter as a Volquez again for another turn in the team. So right there, they got the five starters. They got the, the, the young closer with the setup men. You know, so they're improving their team all over the place. They brought back Robinson Torino because Jeff Mathis didn't work last year because he can't hit. So a combination of Mathis' defense and Torino's hitting should help them. Because they don't want to play Isaiah Connor for left foot catcher anymore. That makes sense. Now, if you get Rugnado Dort, 20 home runs. They brought in Todd Frazier. That's like 20 home runs there. Now, obviously, they they had failed experiments last year at third base in general. So it was like a hole there. So Todd Frazier should help that. They had a hole at first base because of the Ronald Guzman. They're, they're insisting that he's got to play there. Now, that's why I said, ooh, wow. It's a good thing. They went inside Blake Swire. He's not really a good catcher who could play first base. They had originally got Matt Duffy who could play third base. You swap over Frazier to first base potentially. And they got former Yankees first base and went healthy, Greg Bird. So having Greg Bird, Rob Refschneider can play first base, and Blake Swihart and Todd Frazier should really get Ronald Guzman to hit to the way he's supposed to be in his potential because you got all of these guys on your team. That's really good. And I forgot to also mention that the Rangers signed Cody Allen to my deal. Yeah, he had a horrible year last year with the Angels. But if he's asked not to be the closer because you got LeCarrick, Chavez, and Montero, and Juan Nicasio, and he's your sixth or seventh, if he's your guy who's he's your sixth or seventh or eighth reliever, that's not bad. So yeah, the Rangers were smart. They signed enough guys who can play first base or play third base, move Todd Frazier to third base, that they could scare Ronald Guzman into being the player he's supposed to be. Now, they said goodbye to Norman Mazar in a trade and Delonta Shields Jr. So center field's wide open. So Danny Santana, former Twins and Braves utility shortstop who plays outfield, youngsters Nick Solik and Scott Hyman, they'll be able to play center field. Now, I was, and Joey Gallo is going to play right field no longer these experiments of him playing center field because they never even tried him at third base when Adrian Beltier ever tried him. They never tried him at first base because of Ronald Guzman and because Chu needs to DH a bunch of times a week. They never tried him at DH. Since Chu is a natural-born outfielder, he should always be playing the outfield because that's what he is. But he, of course, can't stay healthy. So fine, you rotate him at DH with Gallo and the other one plays right field. That's what it should be. But at least Gallo's going to play right field. He's not have no business playing center. And they're going to play Willie Calhoun in left field. I'm thinking this. If Delandre Shields Jr. was converted from shortstop to center field for his bat and his speed, and Ian Desen was converted from shortstop to the outfield, why can't Willie Calhoun, a former second baseman who's never going to play infield on this team, you want his bat in the lineup? Let him play center field. Let him play center field the whole entire time. In the short season, see if it works. And then, as I said, you got Santana, Hyman, and Soler, Solar, Solak, you know, Nick Solak. You could be defensive replacements for him. And then you get his bat in the lineup, and that'd be really, really good. But yeah, when you still have, when you have a lineup that's Odor, Frazier, Andrus, Willie Calhoun, Sitichu, Joey Gallo, and Robinson Reno, that's better than last year. You got a five man rotation of Kluber. Gibson, Lynn, Miner, and Lyles, and you got yourself to improve Bopinola, Carrick, Montero, potentially, you know, Juan Acasio and, and uh, Cody Allen, and you got Rafael Montero. The Rangers are definitely going to be better off than the Angels as a sneaky contender. The Los Angeles Angels, though, still always have Mike Trout, but the Angels, as I've written in high school and past, they always sign, try to sign the best position player on the market or overpaid for an injury-prone starting pitcher who used to be a reliever in C.J. Wilson, and things don't work out for them. And you thought they would sign Garrett Cole, Jensen Ryu, Steven Strasburg, somebody like that. But what they go out and do is say, okay, Andrew Heaney, because Matt Harvey got hurt and wasn't good, and they cut him, Trevor Cale became a reliever for them. 
and Tyrus Gagne unfortunately passed away. And all their other and a lot of their other starters got Tommy John surgery. Then Adrian, you're the ace. Fine. They get former Braves ace, Julio Turan. Okay, get him in good years. That's solid. Dylan Bundy, he's not really left to his potential Baltimore. That fills a spot. Matt Andrees, the starter and reliever. Okay, that fills up a spot. So potentially, if your rotation is Heaney, Turan, Bundy, and Andrees, let's just say, and potential of any of these younger young guys, and you got Shohei Otani because you want to do a six-man rotation because of Otani's ritual or whatever, they improved the rotation from last year. But it's not better than the Rangers. It's not better than the Astros, who have th- three better starting pitchers than them. Hunter Robles, former Mets reject starter. Kenny Middleton, Noe Ramirez, Cam Bedrosian. Uh, not really that sold on their bullpen either. And it's not like they went and signed anybody in their bullpen to minor league deals except for Neil Ramirez to confuse you with Noe Ramirez. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's like they didn't really do that much to fix their bullpen. And, yeah, Dylan Bundy, Matt Andrees, and Julio Tehran is good for the rotation, but it's not playoff worthy. And, again... They cut Jonathan Lucroy after he got run down at the plate, and they got rid of Kevin Smith, and it's like, okay, fine. Anthony Benboom and Max Stassi. I'm really scared of those. They went to sign Castro. Fine. Castro is not an all-star anymore. He's not a great player like he used to be. But bottom of the order, exactly where you want to put him. Now, I've said that I've been saying it now. They should have signed Mike Moustakis, an actual third baseman. Zach Kozar played second base. But Zach Kozar, back-to-back seasons in his first two years, played third base, got hurt. They finally... Traded him his contract, and the Giants cut bait. They went and signed Anthony Rendon, the best position player in the market this year. Fine by that. He's a two-way player. Great defender. Middle of the lineup. Great. Simmons, great shortstop. That's good. Time is still an all-star season last year. And you also got Luis Renjifo and David Fletcher to play second base, and Jemai Jones to play second base in the outfield. They got all those guys there. And Jared Walsh as well, and Matt Thays. They got all these younger guys that they could play. That, okay, if they signed a real third baseman that didn't cost them a lot of money, save their money in pitching, they would have been good because also Stella can shift over third base. So, again, they didn't need Anthony Rendon. Like, they didn't need Josh Hamilton or all those other guys they signed before. Yes, they lost Cole Calhoun, but when you have Brian Goodwin who played left field when Upton was hurt, Mike Trout when he was hurt, he played center field, and Joe Adele is one of the best prospects in baseball, they had right field covered, so they, they could lose. They could lose Mr. Uh, Cole Calhoun. But yeah, any lineup that has Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, Justin Upton, Anthony Rendon, and Shohei Otani. And now you say Simmons and Tommy Lastella and Jason Castro. It's better than last year, but it's nothing that's better than the other teams that are in the, um, that are in the, um, in this division in the American League. So the Angels... Yeah, you fit some pieces in your rotation, and you sign Anthony Rendon and Jason Castro, but you didn't really do much in general that's going to make me go, wow, you're better than the Rangers rotation, you're better than the Rangers bullpen, and you're better than the Rangers and Oakland's and Astros lineup. Now, the Mariners last year, they had Jay Bruce. They had Domingo Santana, okay? They had Edwin Canastion. They had so many guys on their team that didn't belong on their team because the trades they made that D. Gordon is now the only guy on the roster where it's like, you know what? He doesn't belong on this team because they're not going anywhere, so you can get rid of him. Like, J.P. Crawford finally gets an opportunity every day to be the full-time shortstop no matter what team he's on, Philly or Seattle. Shed Long Jr. and Tim Lopes, one of them should be the second baseman because that's why D. Gordon should play the outfield because Mitch Haniger is battling injuries and health concerns, so he's not going to play this year. Daniel Vogelback, you thought, okay, maybe he'll get the opportunity to play first base or D.H. They signed the seven-white guy. 
who's never played Major League Baseball because they finally, last year though, they at least finally gave Vogel back enough at bat because they kept playing veteran first basemen or DAs like Bruce and Edwin Garcia and Domingo Santana, taking away bats from Kyle Seager. They paid him all that money, and there's really no great third baseman, and it's not like I heard that Shedlong or Tim Lopes is a great third baseman. So it's Dee Gordon really is the only guy that can trade him. With Mitch Hanniger missing the season, Malik Smith, probably your best guy to play center field, and youngsters Jacob Fraley, Kyle Lewis, and Brandon Bishop will finally get the full opportunity to probably play the corner outfield with Hanniger gone. But as I stated before, this was a full season. You should play D. Gordon at, in center field like he used to be and some games to second base and get his trade value up as a, as a guy who can play all over the place. But nope, they didn't, they're not going to do that. They're probably going to waste his time in second base and Shedlong and Tim Lopes are not getting the opportunity to play. And they had signed this minor league offseason a bunch of pitchers to minor league deal like Manny Benoevos and whatnot. And of course, guys like Manny Benoevos, Cody Anderson, some of the reject starters and relievers they signed, they cut them when they make the final announcement on the roster, you know, with a 60-player pool and or adding certain guys. And their pitching staff, Mark Gonzalez, not sold on him as an ace. They're paying USD Kichui, Kikuchi, the Japanese import, you know, foreign import. You're paying him and Gonzalez. That's fine. They brought Payton Walker, who they used to have before, but the dude hasn't been healthy in like two years. Kendall Graveman hasn't been healthy in like two years. And youngster Justin Sheffield and Justin Dunn are unproven. But Justin Sheffield potentially has to be the best of them all, getting him in the Paxton trade, you know. Right? So Justin Sheffield is probably the best pitcher they have because Marco Gonzalez and the foreign import I really, you know, don't trust that much. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I really don't feel like they, uh, they, 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 Seattle is doing, like, is their rotation on paper has a couple of veterans on it and some youngsters, which is better than Baltimore. It's better than Kansas City. It's even better than Boston, but again, Mariners this year are going all in on the rebuild mode with, uh, you know, scrap peeps, Kendall Grayman and Tajan Walker because all the other scrap peeps they cut and they're not moving on with and some young guys and Gall in with the young outfield. They should go all in at second base, but they can't because they got D. Gordon. Gall in at shortstop, first base, and DH. The thing is, a catcher, though, Tom Murphy and Austin Nola don't scare me. So, again, bad catching situation. Carl Edwards Jr. is the only, like, veteran reliever they signed that I'm really going to trust in this bullpen as well. So, again, Mariners, they're a last-place team. Baltimore's a last-place team. Kansas City and Detroit are going to be a last-place team. And that is the first part of my MLB base, MLB 2020 uh, preview for the season. It's the whole American League, and with coronavirus and players opting out and injuries, it took very long to get through this. So there will be a second part for the um, for the National League later. So this so to recap for American League: Yankees, Astros, Twins, division winners. Most likely, Yankees and Astros can get the World Series. The Rays, the Indians, the White Sox, the Red Sox and the A's and the Rangers, and maybe the Angels could compete for the final two wildcard spot, but most likely it's going to be the same as it always, A's and Rays. Sorry, Boston. Sorry, Cleveland. Sorry, White Sox. And sorry, Texas and Anaheim. This is Radar for On The Radar podcast with American League. Check out my National League next.